0: Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren.
1: And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking.
0: We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith.
1: We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, onto the episode.
0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast today we have Will Thorpe or you might know him as heretical theology and he describes himself as a humanist a heretic apostate and atheist although he spent 20 years identifying as a Christian previously and even fundamentalist for 15 of those years through his online community he helps those who are deconstructing in their Christianity He believes that theology without history is just fantasy, and because of that, his main objective is to discuss the historical authenticity and textual criticism about the Bible and apply critical thinking to Christian theology. Will, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. That was was an awesome bio. could not have said it better myself. In fact, I'm pretty sure I could not have. That was brilliant. She, She does
1: have a way with words.
0: Just piecing it together. You know, it's everything I found about you online. So, and everything yeah. you sent, I, yeah, I mean, you're a pretty cool person. So, it came up pretty nicely.
2: I try. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, I, I've loved following you. I've actually sent your account to a couple of people. Even my, my soon-to-be brother-in-law. He really oh. likes your account. Um, oh, I, was, I was like, if you like, like, If you like
1: if you like truth.
0: (laughs) If you like people just like giving it to you, like, I don't know, word for word and the way you like dive into things and talk about the stuff that's like complicated. I remember whenever you posted about uh the virgin birth, quote unquote, and Mary and all of that. You post your slides, right, on your Instagram Mm -hmm. and you and those are always very impactful. But what I love is going into your posts and reading the captions because there's always so much more that you, you get to dive into. And then from there, I, I go into the comments and I'm reading from those people. And then also I love all the sass that comes from you. So <laughs> I, I, call,
2: I call that angst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right, right. right. Yes. But yes, we'll go with that. That sounds a little bit better. <laughs> I, I do tend to lose my shit sometimes.
1: I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just got to listen to a Green Day album and just rock it out sometimes. <laughs>
0: there we go. Um, okay, so anyway, I, I just, I love what you do. And, you know, I was recently going through your slides and um, on your highlights page, you have, you know, why you left, you know, why you left. Mm-hmm. I guess that assu- is, I'm assuming that's why you left religion or Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first slide, uh, it talks about the flood. And that was interesting that that was the first one that was on the highlight because, the story of the flood, okay, so what you had posted was essentially you found out that the story of the flood did not originate with the Israelites or or the Bible, and there was, there was other cultures that had similar, very, very similar stories of a flood with different characters and different names and different gods and all of that, and that was the first slide you posted about why you left, and I thought that was so interesting because For me, it was, I was going to say it was the nail in the coffin, but I think it was the first nail that was ripped out of the coffin for me. Um, Because I was like, wait, origin means so much to me. And like original intent means so much to me. And having the like, like back when I was a Christian, I was like so into like, well, what did it really mean? And what was like the background blah, blah blah, which I still am that. But even more so now I'm like, wait, The Bible wasn't the first one to come up with this idea. Who was? Why would I choose Christianity to be the (laughs) the religion that I identify with if it's just a copycat? Right. So anyway, loved that. Um and I loved that you talk about how you label yourself, you know, as an atheist. And um how you talk about labels can be kind of frustrating sometimes, uh, but Mm. also at the same time we can't and shouldn't live in the fear of being labeled, you know, or be or be fearful of um, accepting that or embracing that. Uh, because yeah, it actually can bring community and actually can bring like a sense of security. And um, anyway, so in your opinion, what would the difference then, because we talk about agnosticism and atheism, and we talk about Christianity all on the podcast, what would in your opinion, what is the difference between being an atheist and agnostic?
2: So you can technically be both, um, depending upon which atheist you ask. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> if you uh, if you ask Aaron Raw, he'll tell you a fool of crap, um. <laughs> which is probably one of the few things I actually disagree with him on. Um, but uh, so an atheist is uh, that term is based upon belief, and agnostic is based upon uh, knowledge and so so if you're a Gnostic like the Gnostics were really popular it uh, was a really popular thing like in early Christianity they believed they had a knowledge of God mm. and that knowledge separates them from the rest of the world and they literally thought they knew God um, so an agnostic just claims I, I can't know I can't know if there's a God or, or, or whether there's one or not mm. whereas an atheist is well I just don't believe in a God right or guys or multiple guys. So you can technically be both. Nice. Um, so one, one of the uh, guys I like to listen to a lot is Bart Ehrman and he claims he is both. Um, and I totally agree with his assessment hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, we, we do talk about labels a lot. And so that's why I wanted you to just kind of open up about what you thought kind of the difference was or, um, because it, can, it does bring security to some people. We have listeners who are kind of at a point in their deconstruction or in their, in their walk, in their journey, where they, it's helpful to have a label, to have um, something to kind of ground them, again, to bring that sense of community. And for you, whenever you mm-hmm. started deconstructing, did you have a community, or was it just kind of like a solo striking out?
2: Um, I did not have one originally, and I actually did just make a post. It wasn't a very popular post, but I did just make one about definitions and labels. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think it's kind of important that we understand the difference between the two. A, a label, from my understanding, is basically I'm I'm going to call somebody what I think they are. Like that, to, that to me is a label. Like mm-hmm. you're you're putting them into a category that makes it easier for you to process who they are, which really cheap can cheapen them. It, it's, it's okay if you want to try to kind of like help figure out where people are, but if you don't actually understand who they are, you are, you're probably mislabeling them and you're also short sighting who they are. Mm. And, and you're also bypassing who they are as a person. Now, if I were to say I'm an atheist, I personally don't consider that a label. I consider that me just definitively stating what I believe so that the people who are talking to me have an understanding of where I'm coming from. I think that's really important for having, you know, important and meaningful conversations because and then, then, like you said, like what is an agnostic or what is an atheist? Like it's important to have those definitions because, yeah. like, especially when you talk about Christianity, like, like that's almost different for every single different
1: Christian. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm curious yeah. with people with people. I assume with the way that you've posted, I have you have you always uh, defined yourself as an atheist since the beginning of your deconstruction, or was there a point where people were labeling you? in more atheistic spaces that helped you figure out and, and dive into what the definition of, of your stance was on things.
2: Yeah. So I did not call myself an atheist originally. Um, in fact, I was, I, I, I called myself an agnostic, but this was also because I, I didn't have a correct understanding of what the term atheist meant mm, sure. uh, as well. So I technically probably was an atheist, even though I didn't call myself one. <laughs> um, I, I was, I was trying to, to, no, like, 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 walk this fine line, and and I call myself a non-theist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I'm not quite even sure what that even meant. I, I, it's a I, longer think I way like, of saying atheist, <laughs> right? Like, so I, I, I'm not really sure what I even meant back then, but yeah. So I was, I was definitely going solo, and you know, I actually created my page before I even knew what a deconstructing Christian even was, mm. and that's when I realized that there was a deconstructing community. Because originally when I created Heretical Theology, like literally just like, like a month after I lost my faith. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't really like using that term because I don't think I lost it. It just kind of evaporated. Yeah. Um, you know, I was essentially preaching the Bible from a historical standpoint to atheists. Yeah. And yeah. and as you can imagine, that, that didn't go over very well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's amazing. Uh, So after doing that for a few months, then then I realized, oh, there's a deconstructing community of Christians who are going through the exact same thing I am. Yeah. Okay. Let's switch gears here. (laughs) You'll see something a little bit, uh, a little bit more useful with my time.
1: Yeah. So I'm curious, was there, was there a point at the beginning of your deconstruction, your, your evaporation of faith or whatever that was, was there a point where it was spiritual? Because I, I feel like there's kind of two categories. I mean, and that makes it quite a binary, but I feel like there's two categories of the beginning of deconstruction for people, and yours seems quite analytical, but I'm curious, did was there a point at all where analytics aside there, there was a spiritual divorce from, from what you believed to be true to to what the people that are, were around you were, were um, pitching or, or or the community was believing and, and you found yourself to be um, separate from that?
2: You know that's that's a pretty good question and I'm not entirely sure I know how to answer it um, because it was such a long process mm. um, and I still kind of go back and forth when my deconstruction technically began because I did have so much time in my in my cult church is what I call it. Mm. And, um, and then why I, I removed myself from that church and moved down here to Florida to a, a more grace uh, grace focused mega church. <laughs> um, i I was able to deconstruct a lot of that fundamentalist uh those, fundam- those fundamentalist ideas mm. and so that helped me to uh basically learn how to love people and you know for a life a lot of people love is very spiritual you know it's i you know as an atheist now like the term spiritual is almost i don 't know how how are you going to say it? it's 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 definitely a a loaded statement and it's definitely ambiguous um but even athe- some atheists like Sam Harris he would use it almost as like a uh, like a hyper emotional sense
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. um and i've experienced sp- or while would consider spiritual things you know when i was a christian um but for for me i had i had to have a a reason for my faith like i thought faith should be reasonable
0: yeah
2: and so I kind of put the spiritual on, on, the, on the back burner and be like, it's still there. There, there. there must still be a God. so that's fantastic. but is, is it reasonable to believe in that God? And why, why I have all these questions. Um, yeah, there's these spiritual things, but these spiritual things happen to everybody of all faiths, you know in all cultures. Yeah. So what what makes me significantly different than them? and if there isn't anything then why is it technically a spiritual thing that i'm getting through my own faith if that makes yeah. sense
0: so okay i i we can all assume that the 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 flood story was not the the first and last thing that kind of <laughs> stopped <laughs> made you lose your faith or made you go agnostic or atheist was there a moment was there a was there a topic was there any sort of like um space or time that made it to where you were like, okay, this is the thing. I'm leaving it behind. Because you said, you know, not so much you lost your faith, but you it, it evaporated. What was that moment for you?
2: So that moment for me was pretty terrifying. Um, because, I mean, that was that's what my entire worldview world, world was based upon. Yeah. And I had, I had um, at this point, I had already constructed things like hell. I'd already dismissed the entire, the old Testament as essentially mm. being completely, completely bullshit, yeah. but I still love Jesus. And, yeah. and I had that, that, that love, that relationship, like it doesn't matter if there's a hell or not. It mm. didn't really matter whether I believe the Bible was, was God's word or not. I, for me, I had a relationship with Jesus and that that wasn't that could that could not disappear.
1: Yeah. And
2: that that was that was my my that that wall. And I actually relied heavily on uh, C. S. Lewis's uh, Lord Liar Lunatic
1: uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
2: argument that he was essentially exactly who he said he was, which right. was Lord, or right. he was a liar or he was a lunatic, right? Yeah,
0: totally.
2: But that's, but again, like that's, that kind of shows the, how short sighted I was, even as a Christian for 20 years, because it was, there's a very simple argument to that. If if people who are listening who don't know, it's that, well, there's a fourth option, and that is the legend option. And that the fact that, you know, people essentially made up, not necessarily lied about Jesus, but came up with these stories about Jesus and essentially elevated him to be a God, where as, as opposed to just being a political, uh, king figurehead chosen by God which was what a Messiah is supposed to be oh, yeah. And so when I, th- when I thought about that I'm like that is the more probable explanation yeah. yeah especially when you look at the history of the Bible and that's that's when that's when the whole thing the whole facade just disappeared.
0: Yeah well Jeez. did you make did you you I'm assuming you you posted about that right? I'm pretty sure I've read your your the four things uh, about who Jesus is in the legend.
2: It's been a minute. I should probably talk about that a little more often, since it's still such an important situation for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, I think,
0: well, the reason why I say that, I, I say I think, but I I'm pretty sure I know that you have because mm-hmm. I I remember reading it, and I think it was from you, but it could have been from somewhere else. But I I'm pretty sure it is your post, and it meant a lot to me because I had a very my my experience is very very similar, uh, okay. where I deconstructed kind of analytically. And like, yeah, I was like, okay, the Bible is not inerrant. And there was like things that I worked through that I was like, okay, so I don't need that to be a Christian. That's fine. And I don't need that, whatever, whatever, whatever. So it went on the list. But I was like, but as long as Jesus is Lord, like you'd said, like, I was like, as Mm. long as like, I have this elevated, like, um, perspective of who Jesus is and it, and because
1: you were sold that that's all you needed to actually be considered to be, a Christian yeah. and to make it to heaven yeah well
0: I had to be I had to be lowered like I had to be worthless <laughs> and Jesus had to be everything and so it was like yeah as long as I know that I'm worthless and Jesus is Lord we're good
2: <laughs> yeah. he must I'm, increase I must decrease yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah, yeah. but it was, the, it was the, I, just,
2: I still know all those terms
0: oh yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm sure I'm sure you do I mean it's just ingrained in us, and then the C.S. Lewis thing is like he's the Lord, a Lord liar, or what was it, the other one, the third one, lunatic, yeah, lunatic, yeah. And I, I remember thinking those things. I was like, okay, well, as long as I choose the one, then I'm good. But then I think when I read the legend Jesus, I was like, oh my word, like that's yeah, like that's it, like mm-hmm. that's it for me. So if the if that was your post, which I'm pretty dang sure it was, thanks <laughs> for making it because that was very helpful for me to recognize that like just that one little statement it's so funny we get so hung up on like c.s lewis like he's just a dude like he's a great wonderful like dude but like also he's just a dude and we just went off of that one phrase like that was like my salvation that was like my whole religion and so anyway i think you i definitely think you should get make more posts about (laughs) these legends
2: I'll put I'll put in my notes. I have, I have, <laughs> yes. I have uh, in my in my in my uh, notepad on my on my iPhone. I have like I always have like three to five things going. Yeah, and then yeah. I usually end up posting one a day. Well
0: I, uh, well, I think that would be great.
1: I think it's interesting yeah. that you mentioned that that your opening up of your spirituality to include the the spiritual experiences and to validate the spiritual experiences of all uh, religions and all practices was mm-hmm. was super important because that was that was the changeover for me. That was the moment where I allowed myself to dismiss the necessity of Jesus for for love and for and for any any sort of um spiritual experience to exist uh and that that to me was kind of what what sold me on letting go of the Bible being inerrant and being you know infallible and all of those things because because I feel like people for some reason there is whether it's chemical release in our brains or it's an actual spiritual experience, we all have this ability and this, and this drive to, to, to reach a point where we feel connected to divinity and feel the ecstasy or release or whatever you want to call it of that connection. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think it's very important for people's journeys and for mine specifically to, to validate that those happen everywhere. I was always sold growing up in my Christianity that 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 our experience in evangelical faith was was the only valid connection and that if 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 people would die if Christians would die over their belief that Jesus was real and and to hold on to their faith that it must be the most true it must mm-hmm. be the only valid one but people die and are still dying for their faiths in every other practice and yeah. and and to dismiss that, I think it there there is no love in dismissal of of somebody's self identity.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I totally agree.
0: Okay, so you mentioned that you uh, remember the verbiage of the Christian years, of the Fundy years, um, mm-hmm. and for those who don't know what Fundy is, it's fundamental. Um, so. Do you and you post your? Sometimes you will post like the flashbacks of like on your Facebook things that you posted in the years prior, and I can do the same thing. It's it's quite it's exhilarating to see the people that we once <laughs> were yeah. and oh well, are. It's it's still us um in a way, but just different different beliefs. Um, okay, so because you post that though, like, is there any part of you? Just because of how you speak about it and, like, how you post, is there any part of you that's a little, like, a little masochistic about, like, your past self? Because you, like, make fun of yourself. You're like, this is who I was. Like, is there any remorse of, like, those years?
2: No, not not, not only if I'm talking about other people. Yeah. Like, um, I, there's... There's there's a lot of people who who I who I hurt and I burned a lot of bridges due to fundamentalist beliefs mm-hmm. and that that makes me very sad. Um, but most of my most of the things I share are just like my random thoughts about the Bible or or just just me being you know fundy ev- evangelical Christian me and it's most of it's pretty silly and pretty harmless. So I'm not really masochistic in that sense. But uh, when whenever I do see a post where I know like. I remember the context of that post, and I'm like, "Oof mm. that that hurts." Because mm-hmm. I'm usually talking about a specific person who is now no longer in my life, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that, that that's painful."
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I we were just talking with uh, your favorite heretics just a, a mm. week or so ago, um, and we kind of got into this conversation that, like, a lot of us that are, I mean, at least in the outwardly deconstructing spaces, hosting podcasts, YouTube, all that kind of stuff, a lot of us are were. <laughs> Fundamentalist or very Calvinist or you know super evangelical, super evangelical. I, I, I'm curious is is there a part of us, a part of this movement or whatever that we're still we're still, evangel- still evangelizing our non our non theism in in any sort of <laughs> scope? Like, do you feel that pull still? So that's why I.
2: I felt like in the very beginning of my accounts, uh, so going back to early early twenty nineteen, like I felt like I was an atheist evangel ev- evangelical, <laughs> like I'm like okay, this is this is kind of counterproductive. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not counterproductive because I mean, let's just face it; I would love it if more people became atheists. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> that's that's not my goal though. Like, so yeah. I'm, I'm I think we have I, I think that it's a, it's a, there's definitely a personality type there though. Yeah. For that sure. has a thirst for truth. And wanting others to at least consider that truth, yeah, I think I think that's a difference between with evangelicals. Like we knew what the truth was, and every single ear had to hear it at least five times. Yeah, and if they didn't, you know, they if you know, they've heard it five times, like they're going to hear it another six times until they you know start worshiping Jesus, whether right. they already worship Jesus or not. Yeah, and and so that's when I, I kind of switched gears, and I'm like, okay, I'm no longer doing this. For for atheism, I'm doing this because I genuinely love people. Like, I want people to be out of harmful theology. Mm. And that's where I draw a line. That that is now, like, if I have a mission like that, that's it. It's like, I could care less if people are still Christians. I don't care if they still believe in God or not. But there is a lot of harmful harmful bullshit that is within evangelical Christianity that that needs to be called out, it needs to be corrected, it needs to be fixed.
1: Yeah, And
2: that's what I do. So, I, I don't really care if they're still you know, calling themselves a Christian. I just want them out of that harmful uh, situation into a much safer uh, headspace to yeah. have their autonomy back, to have their identity back and to be able to make their own decisions uh, with all the variables because let's just face it, the church doesn't teach all the variables. Yeah, And I want them to be able to.
0: True. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's also just like a personal like, if I try something in life, like whether it's like a skincare product or whether it's a, just like a new food I tried or a new restaurant or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it adds to the quality, my quality of life. And I'm like, Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, this is so good. Like I, I'm the type of person that I, I want to tell people like, not that I'm trying to sell something, but I'm just, I'm saying, Hey, this is working really well for me. This restaurant was really amazing. I had the best experience or like this, um, spiritual practice of (laughs) deconstructing and, reanalyzing and all of that like it's working for me like I feel better I'm feeling healthier like it's something that I feel like that's also an element to the personality types I think some people yes it is like a truth seeker and like want truth teller and all of that mm-hmm. But I also think it's just like human nature to be like hey look I found this tree that's got really good apples come try <laughs> these apples like I don't know it's just I think okay, that's you- in us Okay, Eve. Yes yeah. <laughs> um, it's a Lilith. Thank you very much <laughs> uh,
1: so i'm I'm curious like when when we move into these spaces of, of evangelizing basically our our journey into into deconstructing or atheism or or whatever it, is there a point where it's it's unkind to remove the blinders almost for some people like is there a point where it becomes where it becomes less than helpful to to try to show people that there's something beyond the the faith that they hold. It depends on their uh,
2: on their personal situation. Um, so, like even on the atheist experience uh, show, they'll tell people like, "Hey, if you come out as an atheist or a non-Christian and you'll get excommunicated from your family and you're a teenager, don't don't do it." Yeah, <laughs> like right. like um, or or if uh, you know some people. Uh, I think they've also even said like you no know, God God kept me from committing suicide mm. and they're like, okay well then then fine keep keep leaving in God yeah right um but even even though it's like the whole the whole point of my mission is to you know remove those harmful aspects yeah and that that does take some responsibility and you know it's not it's not an easy journey for for sure to, to think that people want to become an atheist or want to become you know a deconstructing christian just because it's cool or something is 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 idiocy like
1: right because
2: i i I always thought that oh it's cool to become a become an atheist and then now i'm atheist. i'm like yeah there's definitely nothing really cool about it (laughs) (laughs) and there's no club i I want my money back (laughs) No. no uh so but i mean it does it does raise some good points and you know it 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 can be psychologically uh traumatizing but it, it also makes you wonder how much of that is just actually religious trauma right that yeah. is just now being exposed be- because you're understanding question. things well right, exactly mean,
1: and and speaking to that clearly like we're in the midst of seeing a lot of that unfold right now yeah. um mm-hmm. and and it just it seems to me and through some posts that you've that you've had um in the last couple of days here um it's I I want to just read one of the posts that you had was uh oh. the only uh the statements are bypassing the problem. Christ can still be on the throne and there can still be abuse. Making this statement or even believing it's true doesn't help anything or anyone except the abusers. And I think I feel like there's there's so much in church spaces right now and in religious spaces that because it is it's like, a, it's like a team or a family where like you don't want to ever out the person in your church mm. or whatever. At least that's what the leadership tells you because, you know, the house divided doesn't stand or, or whatever, whatever verbiage they want to use to dismiss pain and suffering and wrongdoing being caused by the church. Mm. And I feel like there's so much that the church uses like the word or the truth or the Bible being the inerrant truth. As a dismissal from responsibility to truth within their spaces, and I mean clearly that's causing a lot of harm right now.
2: Yeah, um, it, it definitely is. And and when we think about the psychological connection, like I'm not I'm not a psychologist, I'm not anything like that. I have, I have a, a whole two year degree in graphic design, so take this all with a grain of salt. But it's like like when we when we go to a community for years on end, you know, multiple times a week. We, we, we build that family, we build that community, like you said, but we also have that this psychological connection to, you know, to this deity that we, that we worship and, and, and through even just like things like, like the worship and the prayer and the meditation of the, word, of the Bible, you know, it, it all kind of like, it creates this, this stronghold within your mind and even to where it's, it's looked down upon to doubt Things right, and so you there is so it's not only that you're you're completely feeding this connection, but you're also removing anything that could possibly question that connection. And when so, when you have pastors up there um, with what I would consider a direct link to your own to your very own mind, mm. like that is a very dangerous situation. And let's just face it, a lot of pastors they, they don't know a darn thing about psychology, they don't know anything about or very little about therapy. If they do, it's, it's from like a, a biblical standpoint. I know there are pastors out there who do, who are psychologists and therapists and things. Like that's that's great, um, but it's very few and far in between, and and most of them just literally have an agenda they want to press, and that is to you know go and make disciples and make sure that every single soul is not going to go to hell, and they will do anything, with with within a, a little bit of reason, <laughs> yeah. uh, to make sure that doesn't happen. And to make sure that they save as many souls as possible, and it's it's a very multi-layered, nuanced situation that uh, is, you no, know, again, quite dangerous. And it, like you said, it, it does lead to abuse, and right. it's, it's not a not a good situation,
1: right? Well, I mean, when you're putting up a human being, that I mean, it, it, it's to me, it seems to stem back to the Catholic Church where they the leadership would be the only ones with access to the written word of God that they believed that they should be following, mm-hmm. right? Like you are putting up a human who is translating this inerrant book, infallible book, and 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 you're saying that this person's translation of of that book is is the only one that is true. Therefore you're positioning that person to be inerrant and infallible. So how how so how do you even begin to, to trust anything other than that leadership, especially in situations like, like what's going, going on right now? How, how, how do you not just sit in, in trusting in that pastor or, or leadership position? Because, because it's, it's literally up there with the inerrancy of the Bible, and if, and if you shatter that mirage, you, I, I would imagine, would have the same fallout with the Bible.
2: Yeah, and and I, I would say it even goes a little bit deeper in that even because like like you know, I'm going back to uh, you know R- Razi Zacharias's Zechariah's uh, page you know from what happened last night, it's it's pretty terrifying seeing what all the, what, what a lot of Christians are commenting on, like saying, "Oh, God's still on the throne," or "Don't don't put your trust in men," and so they 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 know that they're not supposed to put these trust in men, and so they'll say that right, but mm-hmm. but they don't right. see their own actions, yeah.
0: It got me and Adam talking because, you know, these sexual assault allegations can come out. Um, There's a lot of times that people do really terrible things. But if they have like kind of this Christian following, it's like, well, I mean, we're all broken. You know, that's like the response. Like, we're all broken people, but, you know, we'll see them in heaven. And Mm -hmm. And it got us like, it got us talking because if you talk to anyone who like loses someone that they admire or that they they love deeply. There's pre- like you're going to be hard pressed to find anyone who believes that their person that they love and believe in and all this isn't hell, right? Like mm-hmm. so when you get to talking with people and especially like Christian Christians, they have this idea of like okay, some people go to heaven, some people go to hell and that's just reality whatever. But then when you talk to them about people that they weren't sure if they were Christian by the time You know, they died or they weren't Christian ever their entire lives. But then somehow they've convoluted this story in their head that on their deathbed, this person, you know, they must have accepted Christ because they are certainly in heaven. There's no Mm -hmm. way that their loved one is in hell. And so, I don't know. It just got us like talking and got us like thinking like, so really nobody believes anyone's really in hell. And then Adam said, well, you know, Hitler and maybe Christopher Columbus. But there's... I don't know. It just got it just got us talking about the I don't know. Almost like not irony, but I guess that's there's, the only a, little, word there's I, a little
2: kind of dissonance there.
0: Yeah, yes, that's the word. That's cognitive dissonance with like, okay, well, is there is there heaven? In, do you actually believe that <laughs> there's a heaven and hell? If you don't believe anyone that you know and care about is in hell, like clearly that just can't that. Those two yeah. things can't exist. Um, right. So anyway, we just we just got into talking about that. And okay, so for you, as somebody who used to be Christian fundamentalist and now uh, identifies as an atheist, what is what does that look like for you? What is does afterlife exist, or is that completely off the table?
2: Um. Well, if, 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 actually, I, I kind of want to con- just walk that back a quick second here yeah, because there definitely. there's a. Uh, that this is. I, I don't really respect fundamentalists, so don't. I don't want to get misquoted, but there is there is an aspect of fundamentalists that of fundamentalism that I really appreciate and do respect, um, because they actually they tend to practice what they what they preach. Yeah. And so a lot of the fundamentals I know, especially from my former church, like, they know I'm going to hell now.
0: <laughs> they, they, all right. Okay. They
2: they, they, they they were not so subtle in, in those accusations. <laughs> like, right, all right. right, Fantastic. So <laughs> you know, you know, you how it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you know people who believe that other people are going, like, to hell.
1: Yeah, but only oh, yeah. ever people I, that they don't agree with.
0: Yeah, it's not people that they, like... Yeah.
1: Like they would love um, to they would love to convert you to agree with them and then no matter what you do yeah. once you agree with them you're in heaven.
2: Yeah, there, there was a little bit of that too. Like, uh, so when I met my wife, she was Catholic, and so Catholics they weren't going to hell, or they weren't going to heaven; they were going to hell. Oh, so, there, there, so there was always like that one person, like mean like a one percent chance. I mean, like one percent of all Catholics are going are going to heaven. Oh and of course, I happened to meet the one, the one that's in the one percent. Of course, right? When yeah. I brought her to our church.
1: <laughs> so it's
2: it yeah, kind of a similar thing, it,
1: right? Your family but, and your friends and your people are always the one percent. They're always yeah,
2: yeah. So I, I, I see what you're saying there, but yeah, growing up in and in a, a fundamentalist church that literally believed that babies went to hell if they if they weren't oh, saved, geez, or there were, there was a couple that were like, well, maybe maybe guy can can you know swing something or, or would know in the future what they would believe. You know, okay. like, either way, it wasn't guaranteed that they're going to heaven. <laughs> so yeah, that was so. what that was also why they're so anti-abortion too, because if you kill a baby even in the womb, then you know they weren't fe- given the chance. Exactly. Oh, so we don't know word. where they're going.
0: Oh gosh.
2: That's 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 the insanity that, that I grew up with. That I'm desperately sort of trying to uh, run away from as quickly as possible. Right. For but sure. to, but to to your question of of afterlife, um, the answer is I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and anyone who tells you otherwise is lying to you or trying to sell you something. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's there awesome. uh there's there's a quote. You know, it's pretty common, I'm sure you heard it before, but a lot of people like to say, well, it was probably a lot like how it was, you know, before you're born. And none of us really know what it was like before we we're born. So mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's interesting to think about. I, I mean, of course like I know that, but then to think like I'm twenty seven, so hopefully I'm closer to my birth than I am my death, you know, yeah. on the side of life. Well we hope. I, I can hope. Um and so yeah, why don't I? Why don't we think more on what happened before we were born, especially as we're if we are closer to that side of it? Like, why isn't that more of a mystery? Right, something more of a, supposedly a draw, actually happened, right? Than right. the after. That's an interesting. Hmm, that's an interesting thought.
1: Yeah, I just i it, I thought it was so compelling when you when you had written on your Instagram that um the the let's be honest they will probably never know peace after what's been done to them they came forward and then to skip forward now that now that he's dead supposedly in heaven he doesn't pay for his crimes and what and what of his christian victims do they get to spend eternity in quote paradise with their abuser i think that's just such Yikes, a yeah. that's such a hard dynamic to try to to try to hold because as as somebody for me who i do still identify in some sort of theistic space where I do believe that there's at least a semblance of consciousness post-death that I, I strive to believe that there is no hell, which means all of those people are together. And, but then also it's so hard to, to look into a space and say that, that that is the case Mm. that Mm -hmm. there are abusers with victims and Mm. that there are, you know, terrible actions on earth that have created that this, that this, it, it, consciousness on earth has created that now has consciousness in another space alongside mm-hmm. of all of those that they've heard. And that's just, I feel like that's a hard dynamic to hold, but I also, I, I i don't know what to tell those people. I don't know what to tell people who believe in a heaven and a hell, but still clearly would believe that somebody like that would go to heaven. Mm. Yeah. Hey everyone! Want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast, as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode. I know what I would
2: tell when I was a Christian, at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, No, no, I'm serious. Like I would, I would tell them like you have, you you know, supposedly when you go to heaven, you have a new, a new body and along with that comes a new mind that is like Christ. Like that is not even like Christ, but is, you know, exactly as Jesus lives. So you would forgive that person. Like you wouldn't have any hate for that person. Just, just as much as God forgive you know, all your sins, you're going to be able to forgive all their sins as well. And just genuinely love them for who they are. But, so that sounds great. But yeah. the, but the antithesis of that is, is you are no longer yourself. Like right. you have lost all autonomy. You are now a a robot in the matrix, right? Who have who is now just cannot know, who doesn't know how to hate, who had, doesn't know what desire is because desire leads to those things, right? And yeah. at that, it, it's you're you're the Borg,
1: yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Well, and 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 clearly have no memory of the things that have happened to you on Earth, but also right. still somehow recognize those that are around you, right?
0: So you're a human being who doesn't identify with the christian faith anymore yet you do talk a lot about christian theology slash the bible and history and all of that um how (laughs) what's that like for you to be like somebody who doesn't practice the 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 religion but yet you're like feel like you're studying the bible all the time
2: yeah well it's great pissing off both christians and atheists (laughs)
1: doing so always a
2: good time um, I I pro- I'll, I'll, I'll probably block one atheist for every five Christians on my page. Wow. That sounds about uh, right.
0: It sounds like you're doing yeah. something right.
2: Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of atheists who are like, "Oh, the Bible is bullshit. Why are you even talking about it?" I'm like, okay, one, it's, it's not, it's not bullshit. Like, if you like any historical ancient document, I'm right. not saying the Bible is historically accurate. I'm saying it is a historical document. Right. Like, it's, it's fascinating to me, and it's, it's fascinating to me because I. It, it, it's showing what people believed, uh, essentially within you know a, a thousand to five hundred years, mm. and you know that is that is the voices of a culture uh, from way back then, and it's you know it's it's fascinating, it's, it's it's generally interesting, and I spent twenty years as a Christian studying the Bible only from a purely theological perspective, with a, with maybe a sprinkling of historical context to match up with the theology. Mm, yeah. Um, and, uh, or like we will study like the original word. If you really want to get a super spiritual to see what the word actually means. And yeah. like, again, only if it lined up with the theology. Yeah. And so now it's like, I love studying the Bible just from an academic perspective to actually studying what the text says and what the historical context actually is, which is something that is, extremely lacking within the church hmm. I, I would say over 99 of all churches globally not just within america don't do this yet it's it's this is like bible one-on-one stuff you learn in college
0: yeah right
2: he um, it even it's even taught in like it's not taught in like the uber conservative seminaries but like if you go to like a more liberal seminary like you're going to learn these things
1: right right so I, in your bio it says that his, uh, theology without history is is fantastic is fantasy so yeah. where where does history step in to remedy the fantastical nature of theology?
2: Well, there's a reason why I'm an atheist. So there's that. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not subtle or hide my bias. Like,
1: it's
2: <laughs> he said, I don't believe I, in. Fantasy.
1: I love
0: that. I love that.
2: Yeah. Um, so when when people say that's 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 heresy, I'm like, did you read what my freaking hello? Is? Yeah. So like <laughs> um, you
1: said that's the point. Yes. <laughs>
2: exactly. But um you know there there are it's a challenge the christians as to to believe or to understand why they believe what they believe. Are you believing it just because mm-hmm. some dudes said it and it just happened to get inserted into the Bible? Right. Or are you actually analyzing the histor- historical context the, ling- the linguistic and textual context and looking at the probability of what these things actually mean and are they as pr- it Anywhere near probable that these things happened. Mm. So I love talking about the gospels because you know a lot of apologists like to say these are historical documents. Right. That is a hundred percent bullshit. <laughs> okay. It, 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 it is. It is not. There. there it's just like you no. Know, it's annoying when atheists say it, but there's a reason why they say it. Like, like Spider Man or, or New York City existing. You know, so let's just say three thousand years from now, we we find remnants of it of an apocalyptic event, and we see that New York City existed. Yeah. Then, so so and so finds a, a comic of Spider Man. Okay.
1: Mm,
2: mm-hmm. Oh, Spider Man lived in New York. Thus, Spider Man existed, right? Yeah. No, right. That's right. not that's not how reality works. <laughs> right. So, when you actually look at historical texts, like a, a, a historical document by like uh, uh, Josephus or, or, or Taticus, like there is a specific um, uh, genre that they write in. Like there is a way that they write. Okay, there's not a lot of hyperbole. There's there's not a uh, you know uh, parables. There's 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 none of these fantastical things. Like he states it as it happens. Whereas if you look at the gospels, they line up perfectly with what we would consider a mythical narrative from uh from that time period. So like when you look at stories about zeus and hercules or when you look at uh things about um you know uh, thor and Yoda, even know that's up north in, in Norse mythology right there there are mythical narratives that are written about them and there are real buildings or, or, i'm sorry real cities and real people that existed in those stories mm. but we all know that those stories are complete bullcrap like they're myth like I, I don't want to say they're bull crap. Like, you can learn a great deal from those stories. So, right. there, there's some pretty cool lessons to be learned. That doesn't make it fact. Right. Like, it's, it's still a literally a, a fantastic narrative. It is fantasy. Um, So, you can believe whatever type of theology you want to believe. But if that theology is not based in factual history, then it's, I'm sorry, it's just fantasy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: No, I, I I agree. I, you know, as you were like speaking, I was, I was thinking about how cuz I often I I'm I'm probably agnostic atheist I I I don't know I I need to learn I guess more about really what that means for me but I I land somewhere around there and um I was thinking about spiritual practices and how I still kind of believe in like a <laughs> I, I believe in energy. So like my my whole thing, it always goes back to like energetic mm-hmm. experiences um, and ener- like I'm, I kind of like feel or read other people's energy or like, you know, aura like that kind of thing. That's like more like where I land and that's like mm-hmm. what I believe like a God thing is. Like I don't believe in deity, but I believe in like energy. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how my, for me, my spiritual practices don't, always look like and really ever. They never look like like meditation, yoga, like those sort of things don't really like I can do them every once in a while cuz it's just like, oh okay, well every once in a while you drink a green juice and like, yeah, that's good for you. It's like but not every single day of your life or whatever. So I have those things, but what to me has is my spiritual practice now and got me thinking about what my spiritual practice was when I was like 11, 12, 13, 14 up through the my teen years. Um what was my spiritual practice? And it's and it's learning. I've always yeah. loved learning. And, and that's what you're saying. Like you're doing, you're you're studying almost like you're studying the Bible and you're studying history and you're studying so you're able to kind of communicate it to other people. And to me, I was just thinking like back whenever I used to consider myself having a great quiet time or great devotional was whenever I I had a friend ask me a question about the Bible and then I would get into – research. I'd pull up my computer and I'd pull up my journal and I'd pull up my, my Bible and I would find what certain things meant or try to find the answer to their question. And I would spend like hours and I mean, hours and hours researching a specific topic. And that to me, I was, I was elated. And I was, I was feeling like, like that was like, I was close to God and I was close to like this. And that's the, obviously that's the verbiage I would use then. And um, I felt like my devotion time was just so um, enlightened. I don't, again, I don't know if I would use that word, but mm. verbs or words are words. But um, anyway, I was just thinking about that and how it's always been that way for me. And I don't know, it, has your spiritual practice been similar? Like, do you find that even though your beliefs are different, that you're almost the way that you are in your personality, like it it should be somewhat you're going to have similarities between who you are now and who you were then. Do you find those moments where you're like, Oh my gosh, I've always been like this or, Oh my gosh, I've always felt like this or believed that or whatever. And you've just been like, Oh, I just had other things just kind of like that were like another, like layer on top that made me question it. Or I don't know. Like, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, do have you found like a streamline of your personality throughout the, the things that you've believed
2: I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure if, if I would define it like that, but again, I'm not you. And so yeah. you, you, you need to do you and, and, and do whatever brings you to that, that, that good, you know, melt, uh, uh, healthy mental space. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy learning. Yeah. Um, like, like you said, that's, that's been something, that, but I had, I enjoy learning things that I'm passionate about. Like yeah. I have to, I have to be excited about the thing first.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. And I find I find my, this is incredibly egotistical, but I find my, my transition from my own uh, Christian FOMO's perspective to who I am now, like I just find that fascinating, and yeah. I, I want to learn more about that. Totally. And 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 because I know I'm not the only one, and we we get uh, you know, we get a lot of uh, joy and uh, solidarity from learning from one another. That oh, I'm not the only one doing this. Yeah. Um. If, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. But to 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 what you're saying, though, I'm, I'm gonna butcher it. I think it was Sam Harris. I, I really enjoy Sam Harris a lot. Mm. But he he was talking about consciousness and and what is consciousness. And I think it was in his in his book. Um, it wasn't uh, Waking Up. It was it was another one. I think it was about morality. And he talks about how consciousness is is uh, is processing information. Mm. So whenever you're awake, you, you be instantly begin processing information. Yeah. And and whenever we stop processing information, that's when we lose consciousness.
0: Yeah.
2: And and so he 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 seems to think that there's some sort of connection there. And so I would I would like to think that the idea of learning, uh one, also learning helps us become more intelligent. That's when our brain is, that's where our consciousness is. Uh, there, there's some connections there with our neurology. Uh, likewise, when it comes to meditation and, and re- meditation and removing yourself from yourself, you know, there, there's um, uh, some serenity there. Which he's, he's all about meditation and things like that, and how it, it essentially recesses the brain and recesses the whole body doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole idea of learning, you know, he's a neurologist. He's always about you know learning new things and, and meditation. I think you know I, I don't think there's uh, any, um, I want to try to say here, there's, I'm not surprised that that you find energy, uh, to, to be kind of like your, your go-to source, understanding that about consciousness. Mm. Um, because obviously you need energy to process information. And then you, when you're learning information, no, you, you, you basically try to get to a higher level of consciousness. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. Do you, um, do you ever read Eckhart Tolle?
2: Maybe. I have
0: don't think I even know who that is. <gasps> <Ooh>. So <laughs> I love I love telling people about Eckhart. Um basically, I mean, I actually don't know as much as I'd like to know. I just literally the tip of the iceberg of who or what he believes is about consciousness. And so I feel like you would really like his. He he does air more on the like can use more Christian verbiage, but he's not like he's not a Christian. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, he talks about how the only thing we know is our consciousness. And that's come up a lot in our conversations lately is consciousness. And like, is consciousness is that what spirituality is? Like is that anyway, that's that's a whole nother topic. but um anyway, I look up. you you need to look him up. i'll I'll send you he wrote uh, a new earth that's like his most popular book um okay i think i've heard of that you probably have um i'd be really surprised if you hadn't heard of that but yeah a new earth is written by him and so you can listen to podcasts like he was on oprah's podcast which is where i heard him talk about consciousness um and he's been on there a couple of times so you have plenty of episodes to listen to if you so desire um yeah. but yeah check him out i feel like you'd really be into him
2: yeah i'm actually looking it up right now okay i have heard of that book okay
0: yeah, Excellent. yeah. I mean, if you want to read it, I just got the book. You know, we can have a little book club and I can read it. I think <laughs> I <hurting> am, it. <laughs>
2: so I, I am a horrendously slow reader and my wife is an extremely fast reader. Yeah. She will literally read 10 pages in the time it takes for me to read one page. Yep.
0: Yeah, and I'm
2: also <laughs> super ADHD, like legit. Like, like the VA thought I had PTSD, and they realize I have just had ADHD. Wow. And and so like, um, I can't I can't sit still for more thirty minutes. So I gotta listen to audiobooks. No, actually, okay.
0: we were just talking that. about that. We I, I want to start doing that as well because I can't. I actually can't. I get books all the time because I want to like the physical. Like I want the book, but I'm like I don't mm-hmm. read them. Like they just end up collecting dust. So yeah, I need to get. Do you use Audible? Yeah. So what you listen.
2: Yeah, I do use. I also get uh, audiobooks from the library, but I'm also unemployed now too. So hopefully, I'll be starting up here soon. Yeah, um, but uh, I used to listen to a lot of books at work. Yeah, but I so if I, I I do have some books, I do physically read, but that's that's rare when I do that. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. Sorry, I just kind of got off on a tangent there, but um. Anyway, <laughs> well, that's probably right. I have I have
2: added to my Goodreads.
0: Good. Good. I'm I'm glad I could inspire. Um. But anyway, that's probably, that's probably the time that we have. We've kept you now for an hour, but um, we appreciate you like just being open. And I I really, again, I love following you. I, I do share your account with people that I know and love, uh, which says a lot because I, I don't, you know, I don't just share anything or Everyone, yeah. um, Aw, thank you. So yeah,
2: I hope, they still, I hope they still. I hope they still love you after you said it. Right?
1: <laughs>
0: right? <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really care.
2: <laughs>
1: Honestly, I, I, I love your open-handedness with the truth that you deliver to people. I think it's I think it's so uh, refreshing because I, I, you do stand by your convictions, but mm-hmm. but I feel like you're so forgiving and so grace-filled in the way that you present it to people
0: but you also don't stand for bullshit and i love it yeah i was
1: gonna say i don't think adam reads the comments very much <laughs> <laughs> i do
0: i read the comments i love it and you're like i will cuss at you don't even cross me <laughs> i love it um cool well um so for everyone listening you you've heard it here heretical theology please go check him out Uh, He's amazing. Like uh, we've just been uh, singing his praises. Uh, Be sure to look him up on Instagram and we'll have all the links in the bio of the, or the about section of this podcast episode. And of course, thank you all for listening as always. And until next time, Bye. bye.